Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica. Apologies for taking last week off unexpectedly. As you know, there's a lot going on in the world. Last week I had um, a week to be at the beach. I was still teaching yoga, but I wasn't seeing clients. It was sort of a semi vacay. And yeah, I was feeling really heavy and lots of sadness, lots of intensity, lots of emotion, and really exhausted. So Thank you for giving me the grace and giving me an unexpected week off. Thank you to all of you that reached out about the last episode. I did a deep dive into Afghanistan. You can scroll back in your feed if you haven't listened to it yet. It's the last 20 minutes of the episode. Lots of stuff there on the astrological patterns of the past 20 years. Obviously, I am talking to you this week on the heels of the full withdrawal of the U.S. from Afghanistan. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an update on that at the very end of the show. So stay tuned for those of you that are interested. I am so grateful for so many of you who've reached out, not only about that episode, but also about your donations that you've given to No One Left Behind, which is the organization I mentioned last week. I do want to mention a different organization this week because some of you have asked me about are there any organizations working specifically with women. I did some research on this. Women for Women International seems to be a really reputable organization that appears to still be on the ground in Afghanistan. So I have signed up to make a monthly donation to Women for Women International because the story of the women of Afghanistan has really moved me. There was a wonderful video today on the New York Times about three women who were still there, still doing their thing, whether it was singing or journalism or boxing, and they're hoping to continue to progress the country forward. And I don't think this is the end of the story at all. As we know, they have a very colorful and long history All of that is to say that I am really moved by all the stories I have read over the past few weeks. It has certainly taken a toll on my energy, my mental bandwidth, my central nervous system, and I'm sure that you are the same. And so this week, I want to talk about taking care of yourself and turning inward. We are in Virgo season. When you feel frustrated, which you are going to feel frustrated this week, we have Mars opposite Neptune. When the sun is in Virgo, when Mars is in Virgo, which they are, the thing that gets you out of yourself is to be of service to someone else. So find a way to be helpful to someone else when you're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated. But it's not about running on fumes so that you can keep giving. It's about knowing your bandwidth, know when you need to take a nap and know when you need to use the energy you have to do something for someone else. And if that's going to put you in a better state of mind. And we always talk about how astrology is not black or white. There's a lot of nuance here. 
this is all about getting to know yourself, understanding your own motivations, understanding your own desires. That's what all this work is about. So this week, if you feel like you have a lot of anxious energy that you need to do something with, find a way to help someone. If you feel like you're running on fumes and you just can't go anymore, take a nap. You know yourself, tune in. So a combination of those is probably going to make you feel pretty good this week. And a super simple thing you can do is donate to one of these amazing organizations that is doing work in Afghanistan or in New Orleans or in Haiti. I mean, really, there's so much happening and there's so much despair and there's so much sadness. There are lots of ways for us to be of service to other human beings right now. And for those of us that are sitting around thinking about astrology, which is such a gift, it's a moment of supreme gratitude that we get to do this work, that we have the time and the energy and the bandwidth to understand ourselves on a deeper level. And don't let that make you feel guilty or undeserving. It is a gift. It is a blessing. And it's a wonderful thing that we get to talk every week. And I'm so happy you're here. So with that said, I want to share with you a quote that I read from the Dalai Lama and Marianne Williamson put it out in one of her newsletters. I know not everyone loves her since she ran for president, but I've been a fan of hers for many, 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 many years prior to that. So I do uh, stay tuned to what she puts out into the world. And she put this quote in her newsletter, and I really appreciated it. It says, from the Dalai Lama, if we want to save the world, we need a plan, but no plan will work unless we meditate. Perfection. That is the perfect thing to kick off this episode. We're talking about the sign of Virgo. We're in Virgo season. Virgo is associated with the hermit in tarot. The hermit is not about shutting yourself away because you don't want to engage in the world. The hermit is about turning inward so that you can allow yourself to be in that quiet space of contemplation and stillness and connecting with spirit. And when we experience that quiet stillness, we have a lot more ability to think clearly. So like the Dalai Lama says, if you want to save the world, you need a plan, but no plan will work unless you meditate. Because to execute the plan in an effective way, you have to have a clear mind. And so oftentimes when we see things not executed well in the world, it's because people are unconscious. And we talked last time about being a conscious citizen. And I assume if you're here, that that's something that's interesting to you. So if you're going to move through the world and do good work, you need to be coming from a place of consciousness. And to come from a place of consciousness, you have to know yourself and you have to be able to sit with yourself. So one of the things that I learned when my dad was dying was that your practice is your practice because you want it to be there for you when you need it. I had a teacher who used to say that, but I actually really embodied and learned that when my dad died because all my years of practicing yoga actually came in handy when I had to sit there in hospice and just wait for my dad to die. What are you doing? You're just waiting. You're just sitting in the quiet stillness. 
So I noticed when I looked around that that was something that the other people in my family were not able to do. So the beauty of having a spiritual practice is that it's there for you when you need the support of your practice. Did I meditate on those days when my dad was dying? No, but I was able to sit with myself and I was able to sit with the circumstances and I was able to sit in the quiet stillness because I had practiced that for so many years. So Virgo season is about tending to ourselves, tending to our routine, tending to our health in a physical level, on a mental level, on a spiritual level. So this is the ultimate time of self-care. And self-care is not manicures and pedicures, although that is a very important part of my routine. It's the main thing that I missed during the lockdown was the manicure pedicure. But It is about taking care of yourself on a physical, mental, and emotional level. So if you are missing any of those, if you've been not taking care of your mental health, this is a time to assess that. If you've been eating really crappy, this is a time to assess that. If you have been neglecting your connection to spirit, you're not having a practice that feeds that part of yourself, this is a time to assess that. Virgo season is about assessing our routines and making sure that we have practices in place that support us so that when shit hits the fan, which it always will, your practice is there to support you. So, so the other thing about the sun being in Virgo is that this is the season of transition. This is the season of shifting from summer to fall. And so this is the time of year where everyone gets really excited about back to school shopping. There is this tradition of you go to the store and you get your new clothes and you get your pens and your pencils and your new binder. And we all remember that excitement from being kids, right? This is that time transitioning from one routine that maybe was really carefree in the summer to another routine that's a little more structured. The real start of fall is Libra season and Libra is a cardinal sign. It kicks off, it leads, but Virgo season is about honoring the ending of summer and appreciating the shift. And it feels like one of the most potent shifts each year because that tradition of back to school is so ingrained in us from childhood. I want to encourage you, even if your kids are already in school, even if you're already back at work, even if your routine maybe isn't changing that much, to embrace the change, embrace the shift. This week ends or really next week starts with a new moon in Virgo. So it's going to be an opportunity to start some fresh routines, but embrace this week as an opportunity to enjoy the transition. Embrace the shifting of energy that is happening. There's a lot of shifting energy that might be really unsettling to you, but see if you can allow it. See if you can pull back from being in the craze and watch the craziness. That's the essence of witness consciousness since we're talking so much about meditation today, which by the way, I didn't plan on talking about. That just sort of happened. I have tons of notes about lots of other things, but it feels like the important thing 
to talk about today because we have all spent so much time pushing our energy outwards, watching the news, taking in so much information, whether we're talking about the pandemic or Afghanistan or the climate or the fires or the hurricane or on and on and on and on. And as I list those things, you're probably having your anxiety just ramp up from me listing all those things. We have put so much of our energy outward because it's been necessary to do that. So now this week, we all have to fill our own cup up again because we want to be of service to the world. We want to be able to show up to those who need us, whether it's our family or whether it's women clear across the world. And to do that, we have to make sure that our cup is filled first. So this Virgo season, it's okay to step back from all the hard work because Virgo, we associate it with hard work, with being the perfectionist, with getting it right, with all the analysis, with understanding the data, with the spreadsheets, with the lists. Listen, nobody loves a list more than me. I have a moon in Virgo. So all the Virgo vibes are very calming to me in a lot of ways. But Virgo season is not all about just the work. Virgo season is about reaping the harvest. So this time of year is when we have the best vegetables at the farmer's market. It's the time of year when we have all the most delicious fruit. I finally got a great summer peach last week and I hadn't had one yet. So this is the time of year we get to enjoy the sweetness, the harvest from all the work we've done this year. So I want you to take this time to enjoy this transition, enjoy the sweetness of it. Allow yourself to be aware that there is great tragedy and devastation, but also enjoy all of your blessings. So with that, resist the urge to attain perfection and allow yourself to enjoy the present moment. That's really what we're focusing on in Online Yoga Club this season as well, because I often talk about how people get caught up in the yoga pose being the end point, but the purpose of the practice is that it's a tool to help you experience the state of yoga, which is a feeling of freedom and union with the God of your own understanding, the spirit of your own understanding, your own spirit. So a deeper level of your own psyche. So it's a time of balancing the effort needed with being present to what is. And that can be hard, which is why Virgo can be a perfectionist. So let's get into some of the other transits this week. We have So on Monday, Mercury moves into Libra. This means that our mind is going to be focused on connection, partnership, and negotiation. Also, you're going to be seeking the beauty in things, and we all need to seek the beauty in things right now. Mercury was in Virgo. Our minds were focused on the details, focused on the spreadsheets, and now we can open up a little bit. We can allow our minds to wander a little bit. We can spend more time in conversation. Great time to reconnect with some friends, connect with someone that maybe you wanted to partner on a project with. This is a great time to pick that up. Mercury is going to be in Libra for two months. I know that's wild. It's going to be in Libra until November 6th because Mercury is going to retrograde on September 27th. So we're not in the shadow yet. That's not till next week. 
This is a great week to get a bunch of stuff off your desk before we enter the Mercury retrograde shadow period. So if you've got some like checks you got to get out or some bills or some invoices or you've got some emails or whatever, just get them out. Some returns sitting on the kitchen counter, get them out. This is a good week to do it. Mars is going to oppose Neptune this week. That is the big thing this week as far as I'm concerned. If you're feeling really exhausted this could be the Mars opposite Neptune. We had Mercury opposite Neptune last week. So we've got a lot of Neptune and it feels like everything is waterlogged. And no surprise, we had a huge hurricane with all these personal planets opposing Neptune. So Neptune is the ocean god. He is boundless. And as you all know, water gets in everywhere. It finds every crevice. So sometimes when we have Neptune transits, we can feel really overwhelmed. We don't know how to contain the emotion. Everything just feels blurry and foggy and mixed together, saturated with whatever the emotion is. And because it's Mars, it could be a lot of frustration. So you might be feeling frustrated, foggy, unsure, confused, not sure which way to go or what action to take. You could be feeling overwhelmed with whatever emotion is coming to the surface for you, whether that be sadness or a sense of despair, or maybe it's a sense of really feeling energized almost to the point of being anxious. That's another manifestation of this. So this can be intense and this is happening specifically on Thursday, but with Mars transits, I always find that they tend to get really revved up before they happen. So I would say earlier in the week, you might be feeling this building. Mars is in Virgo. So that might help you find a way to put your gifts to work, to be of service to someone else. Because Neptune, while it can be confusion and all of that stuff that I already mentioned, Neptune is our dreams, Neptune is our spirit, Neptune is our ideals. This might be an opportunity for you to use your gifts and your talents and to take action in a way that aligns with your ideals and your values. Okay, so that can be a really exciting experience of this transit. You may be disappointed in your current circumstances. You may be disappointed in the results of whatever you've been working on. Please know that that is fleeting. Things can feel a little more catastrophic when we're working with Neptune than they actually are. People can also get a little bit uh, dogmatic when we're working with Neptune because Neptune is spirit. It's You know, along with Jupiter, it shares the role of faith and religion in our life. Mars is that masculine anger that we all have within us, whether you're, you know, identify as male or female or not. We all have that masculine energy and feminine energy within us. And so that masculine anger, that frustration that we all have, moments in time, that passion that can erupt from within us, that's Mars. It can bring up some confrontations and arguments, especially with people that might not have the same ideals and values as you. So this week, I recommend avoiding conflicts if you can, because the other transit we have going on is Venus square Pluto on Sunday. 
This can make us obsessive, compulsive, passionate, intense. It can be really good for your sex life. It can be really bad if you are experiencing financial stress. So Pluto and Venus, when they get together, all the relationships can be intense. You might feel so infatuated with someone or you might be feeling so put off by someone. There's no in between. It's intensity, it's obsession, it's full on in every possible way. So between the Mars opposite Neptune on Thursday and the Venus square Pluto on Sunday, I really recommend avoiding conflict if you can. This is a great week to spend on your yoga mat and go to bed early and avoid anyone that tends to piss you off. There's thankfully some stabilizing energy this weekend with Mercury trine Saturn. That's on Saturday. And that can help you structure your ideas. So with the sun and Mars in Virgo, which is always good for list making. And with this Mercury in Libra trine Saturn in Aquarius, great for the idea creation. It's a nice time to take your ideas, put them into some sort of order, make a Trello board, get into your notes app, do some project management, put some things in your calendar. That's a really nice way to use this energy on Saturday. So the big thing that we're leading up to is the new moon in Virgo, which will happen on Monday at 14 degrees Virgo. This is a nice, sweet new moon. It is in a trine with Uranus. And so you know from listening to me that Saturn square Uranus is the big defining transit of the year. We're living with it all year. We have been struggling to embrace the change. Now remember what I said at the top, Virgo is a a sign that embraces the transition. It embraces the shift of energy from summer to fall. It is a mutable sign. The mutable signs, which are Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Gemini, they are more fluid. They help us transition from one season to the next. This new moon is going to help you embrace the changes that you possibly have been very stubborn and resistant to embracing. Thankfully, we have Mars trine Pluto. That's nice because those planets that really are associated with power and arguments, they are working together. Venus trine Jupiter, those are the planets that are associated with abundance and love and faith and trust. They're working together. And then, of course, the new moon, the sun and the moon are together and they're trine Uranus. So the new moon is saying it's okay to take that next step forward. It's okay to embrace the changes. Things are never going to be the same, but we're okay with that now. So this is an exciting new moon. I think it's going to be a really nice one. It's super well aspected. The only thing about it that's tough is that there is a T-square between Pluto, Eris, and Venus. That is some fierce goddess energy. So Venus is opposite Eris. Venus is in Libra. Eris is in Aries. Pluto is the focal planet at the center, squaring both of them. Pluto is, of course the planet associated with power and secrets and what lies beneath the surface, the stuff that we know is there, but we don't want to look at it. 
And so that's a perfect transition into something I wanted to talk a little bit about, which is Pluto Square Eris, which is something that's been going on since the beginning of 2020. So let's take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Pluto and Eris and how that impacts what's been going on in the news the past week. Hey, did you know that you can practice yoga with me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as two Sundays a month? In Online Yoga Club, I take the practice of yoga and the ancient wisdom tradition of astrology and bring them together and we practice in collaboration with the planets. I hope you'll join me. You can find all the details at veronicaparetti.com yoga. we're back. So Pluto square Eris, they are in this back and forth, this square that they've been stuck in going back and forth a few times since January 26, 2020. That was the first one. Now this whole cycle began in 1756, the last time they were conjoined. I know that's wild. You're like, why are we talking about 1756? Because Pluto and Eris are so far away from Earth, they move so slow from our vantage point that we are in a cycle right now that seeded, that began in 1756. The opening squares of this cycle were in 1907 to 1911. Then Pluto and Eris had their opposition in 1976 to 1978. Now they're having this closing square. And this series of closing squares is happening last year and this year and then finally they'll start a new cycle in 2115 so we're not even going to be around for that next cycle maybe if you have a baby with you listening they will be around for that next cycle to begin but those of us that are here living on the planet at this moment we are playing a part in closing out whatever this cycle is working on finishing the cycle up pluto you know him Eris is a goddess. She's an asteroid. Now, she was discovered in 2005, and she was the reason Pluto got demoted. So in astronomy, they don't really consider Pluto a planet anymore. I think technically they consider him a dwarf planet because Eris is bigger than Pluto. But in astrology, of course, we still consider Pluto a planet. Now, Eris, we consider an asteroid or a dwarf planet, whatever you want to call her. She is intense, she is big, and she moves slow from our place here on Earth. So she actually moves slower than Pluto, if you can believe that. And she is the planet, dwarf planet, asteroid of strife and discord. And so the story about Eris is that she was the goddess that threw an apple into a party where all of the gods and goddesses were having a good time. And on the apple, there was a note that said for the fairest of them all. And all of the goddesses were fighting each other to grab the apple because of course they all thought that they were the most beautiful. This is the story of Eris. She shows us where the pride is, where the ego is, where the hubris or arrogance is. And so we are having a masterclass in looking at ego and pride and arrogance and all of those 
really negative traits of human beings that we don't really like to look at too much. When Pluto squares Eris, there is this opportunity to look beneath the surface at all of that stuff. This cycle started January 26, 2020. They had an exact square June 14, 2020. They had another one December 10th, 2020. And now they had their fourth one August 27th, 2021. Again, Eris is strife and discord. Pluto is power and secrets. Whenever we're looking at wars, we're looking at Pluto and Mars. We know that Pluto had a lot to say in 2020. He met up with Jupiter three times. He was part of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction beginning of 2020. For all of last year, I pretty much talked about how Saturn and Pluto meeting up was the kickoff of COVID and the pandemic. But when we look at the Eris square Pluto, we see that this also has a lot to do with what's going on globally. You know that we are approaching the Pluto return of the USA, and Pluto is at the very last degrees of Capricorn. And whenever a planet gets to the last degrees of a sign, there's usually some sparks, especially when it's a planet like Pluto, which is really far away from us and moves really slowly. So this is really triggering a lot of uncomfortable stuff. And it's uncomfortable stuff that we have to look at. And it's bringing up our pride, it's bringing up our ego, and it's showing us where we have confidence, where maybe we shouldn't have so much confidence. And that's not an easy thing to look at. So this is, I think, a big part of what's going on in the news right now, particularly with Afghanistan. And this is some really intense stuff that we're not going to be done with until after October. Because October 9th is going to be their last square. And then they're going to keep separating. And then we're going to be really working with that Pluto return for the USA. And we're really going to be working with Pluto getting to the last degrees of Capricorn. So we're not done with the Pluto piece of it. But the Eris piece of it is going to ease up. The next time we actually work with these energies together won't be until 2042. So we'll get a big break from Eris and Pluto talking to each other. Of course, that leads me back to talking a little bit about Afghanistan. I know some people had some questions about the chart for Afghanistan and how that was impacted and what's going on there. So The chart that I use to look at for Afghanistan is August 19th, 1919, and I use 12 p.m. because we don't have a time, but generally when you don't have a time for a person or a country or for any chart, you use a 12 p.m. chart. So August 19, 1919 is what they consider their Independence Day. It's after Britain left Afghanistan. And that was the chart I used because for most Afghans, that's what they consider their Independence Day. Some people use different charts. There's other charts that you could use. There's a 2001 chart that some people use, but this is the one I chose. So that makes it a Leo country. The sun is in Leo. And it's interesting because Afghanistan's Pluto is in Cancer and it is pretty much conjunct the sun 
Jupiter-Venus conjunction that the U.S. has in Cancer. And when we do synastry in astrology, we look at two people's charts. So if you looked at my chart and my husband's chart, you would look at those charts and see how his chart impacts mine and how my chart impacts his. So when I look at Afghanistan and the U.S., I see how the chart of Afghanistan impacts the U.S. and vice versa. And so I noticed that the Pluto for Afghanistan, because of course I'm looking at Mars and Pluto, that's the most important thing when we're talking about war, I noticed that the, the Pluto of Afghanistan is really having a huge impact on that cancer stellium in the U.S. chart. And so Pluto, again, rules the gems, the minerals, the things that live deep in the ground that we don't normally see. It rules the secrets that live below the surface. It rules our bowels, the stuff that's toxic that we want to get rid of. So having that Pluto on our, the U.S.'s Sun, Venus, Jupiter in Cancer, it's an interesting piece of sinistry because in a way the conflict in Afghanistan is enlightening us as to what lives below the surface for us. And of course, we just talked about all that Eris Pluto stuff, right? And that's going on right now. We're getting a masterclass in understanding our own ego, our own issues with pride, our own issues with arrogance. The other interesting thing is the moment that the U.S. left Afghanistan, which was 3.29 p.m. Eastern time, the moon was in Gemini. And the moon for Afghanistan, the natal moon for the country of Afghanistan is in Gemini. So they're having their lunar return, which happens every year. But the moon's also with the north node in Gemini right now. So the north node in the sky is sitting pretty close to Afghanistan's moon. So this is a moment of moving forward, whatever that means, there's a sense of moving toward the next thing, moving toward their destiny, whatever that is. Afghanistan is going to have a reverse nodal return in a matter of months. So the north node in the sky is in Gemini, but will soon be entering Taurus. Now the nodes go backwards. So when the north node gets to 29 degrees Taurus, it'll be sitting on Afghanistan's south node. When we have a reverse nodal return, it's just a little nudge from the universe to say, hey, make sure you're staying on the path of your destiny. We also have that T-square coming with the new moon next week. The new moon on Monday will be the first new moon that the Afghani people experience in this new world of theirs. That new moon has that T-square with Pluto, Eris, and Venus, which is a lot of fierce female energy. And moving toward that reverse nodal return, when the node gets to 29 degrees Taurus, Taurus is ruled by Venus. That's its south node. Its north node is Scorpio. Scorpio is a sign associated with Mars and Pluto. I don't think it's the last we're hearing from the women of Afghanistan. I don't think it's going to be everyone just goes into hiding and disappears. I think there will be a struggle, and I don't think a lot of women are going to give up the life that they have had for 20 years 
I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next 20 years, of course. But even in the next few months, when the nodes shift signs, I think we're going to see signs of women not accepting what perhaps the Taliban thinks their fate is. I think it's an interesting moment that this is the moment that this is all happening when Eris and Pluto have that one more square in October. And then we're going to have the nodes shift and Afghanistan will have its nodal return. There's a lot of destiny going on right now for them. This conversation about Venus and Eris, it's not just this new moon coming on Monday for Afghanistan. They have Venus and Eris opposed in their natal chart. So this is going to be a powerful moment that we go into with this new moon next week. And we all have to keep our eyes on the journalists and the women in Afghanistan and to see what's happening there and to make sure that we continue to pay attention. Because in their natal chart, Venus is opposite Eris. There is this fierce feminine energy, this uprising of the goddess energy that wants to be expressed. And so it's something that they live with as a country. It's something that they are going to have a chart recurrence of with the new moon on Monday. And so we all get to watch history unfold. And from our place in the world, we get to do what we can to be of service to those women and to those people. So I hope this was interesting. I hope this was helpful. We did a lot of deep dive into Pluto Eris today, and I know it was a lot of new stuff. So thanks for hanging with me. As always, please write a review, rate the podcast, tell your friends if you enjoy listening. That really helps the podcast reach more people. And of course, if you want to book a reading with me, you know you can do that over on my website, veronicaparetti.com slash astrology. My rates are going up September 8th, but I have opened my calendar through the end of the year. So you can actually go in and purchase a reading now for the end of the year if you want to. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.